0: All right, uh, per usual, we start with the review of last week. And that's perfect here because this is part two of what we covered last week. The title, again, is Favoritism, royal Law, and Law of Liberty. And I'm going to, again, take the liberty of reading the first 13 verses because that's the theme of today's lesson. We're going to change gears a little bit next week in terms of the title of the topic. Okay, James 2.1. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbors yourself and you do well. But if you should show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he's guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak, and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to to the one who has shown no mercy, and mercy triumphs over judgment. These are kind of challenging <laughs> verses, in a way, and that's always fun to be a teacher, because I think we, uh, who teach, learn more than maybe you do, or maybe we learn less. I don't know, but see, let's see, first of all, the reviewing last week, which were verses 8 through 10. So the, con- <clears throat> the ongoing contrast of loving your neighbor as yourself and partiality is the theme here. And just some thoughts about that. You know, the royal law is also an antithesis to the law of transgressors, and we're gonna look at that in a little bit more detail. And you know, as we mentioned last week, you know, how we how are we doing loving others as ourselves? Well, this is not a capability of the flesh, the sin nature of the old man, whatever you want to call it. And Christ said it perfectly. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another is I have loved you. That you also love one another. What's that mean? Loving another as Christ has loved us. Kelly, what's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Does somebody no, I, we
1: can't
2: love one another. I mean, there's no way we can really love well, one not another. Well, not the way Christ
0: loved no, us, right? Absolutely. So this is the new creation we are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's that's simple, but that difficult. (laughs) Because we still carry this this flesh around with us. But how's the flesh doing? You can't buff it up enough to love one another, or even yourself, as Christ loved us. So, anyway, I think, excuse me, that's kind of the bottom line with that. And, by the way, if you're a law keeper, you must keep the whole law. So that's (laughs) Samaria, verse 8 from last week. And you know, I I love this verse, and we mentioned this last week too, Galatians 3:24. wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Hmm. So the law was there for a reason, and remember, in in the sanctuary we're studying Romans, and Romans first of all deals with creation as God's presentation to man about his glory, but then Also, to the Jewish nation he has the Mosaic Law, which they can't keep, and then to us who don't have the Mosaic Law, the Gentile falls short of his or her own law system. So in a sense, being a transgressor, no matter what kind of law you want to put this under, is doomed to fail, is it not? All right, so let's turn to uh, verses eleven through thirteen this week. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said. Do not murder. Now, if you don't commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. And, of course, that text is given to us in the Ten Commandments and in Deuteronomy and several other places in the Old Testament. Now, I kind of like what Constable said here. It says James illustrated this point with a hypothetical case involving two very severe violations of the law. All sins are not equally serious, and that the consequences of some sins are greater than others, but all sins are equally serious, and that any sin is a violation of God's will. So, put very, very well. And Marvin I have this discussion all the time about the consequences of various types of sins. So, let's drill down on that a little bit. Let's compare the consequences of adultery and murder, <laughs> Which are the most glaring cases of violation of duty towards one's neighbor to those we don't honestly notice and I think often ignore. Let's, let's drill down on that. You know, we, we might question the book of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> well, what does the book of Ecclesiastes tell us?
2: Everything's
0: vanity. Right. Oh, That's all, yeah. yeah. And here's Solomon, the wisest man ever to live, right? And he claims that everything he's done and everything that's apparent to him is all vanity. And by the way, I kind of went back in the book of the Ecclesiastes so to kind of review this. I mean, he never quits. I mean, vanity's is used, I don't know, I, I don't know how many times I didn't count it. But I just picked one verse, yeah. 2.17. Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me for all this vanity and grasping for the wind. So, how about the vanity that we all demonstrate at times and not don't even realize it? The, the the vanity of life itself and all the things that we kind of think about and do here, it's vain, but is there a consequence of that for most of us most of the time? No. And and I think the other the other thing is pride. But you know, John says very nicely, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, oh, excuse me, again. And the pride of life is not of the father, but of the world. So, you know, is it wrong to be proud about your children and their accomplishments? I don't think so. But there's a lot of pride that really cuts into every other aspect of our worldly existence. So these, what I'm trying to point out here is the consequences of vanity and pride may not be apparent to yourself, much less anybody else, or sometimes to somebody else, but not yourselves. But yet the consequences of that are not like murder and adultery. I mean, we don't need to go through the consequences of murdering somebody. I mean, they used to put them to death, right? I think the capital punishment would be nice if it would return. I guess there was a shooting in Texas again yesterday oh, yeah. where nine people were gunned down and two seriously or several seriously injured. Um, what's the matter with this world system? I mean, it's, it all begins with Adam. People still have to have some responsibility if they're under the law to themselves. And then I think Romans 13, 9 kind of summarizes it nicely. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, very telling in terms of what we're studying today. You shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, so, you know, we're going to get, get to this, uh, in more detail, but let me just kind of pause here for a second and just state this. And what about being delinquent in love? Won't that invalidate everything? I mean, if you're under the law, the royal law and you're not loving, you're falling short. And now as believers under this law of liberty, which we're going to get to today, you know, the lack of love for one another is also violating that principle of of grace. But nevertheless, the price has been paid, and we're going to return to that. Thoughts Thoughts about that? Nobody has anything to say? (laughs) Sorry. But, but you see the principle, I mean, you know, Paul sums up the, the Mosaic law in verse 9 of chapter 13 and says, oh, by the way, you shall not coven, et cetera. And there's the, and if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this love, you know, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I think that this, if, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're
2: not going to do any of those things.
0: Well, I think that's an outcome of that. That's, that's good. True. good. Does everyone agree with these, co- as Constable put it, but i mean, we, Margaret and I talk a lot about that all the time. The consequences of murder and adultery are a little different than pride and vanity, but yet all, fall short of God's glory.
3: Well, well, some sins, uh, like the, the first two you mentioned there, that, that in this world you are punished for both those conceivably. Uh, so then murder, uh, adultery these days, you know, Right. It's changed, but you know, it's, there's still a, you know you still suffer for that. But sometimes you don't you don't seem to suffer immediately, but maybe you suffer in the long term.
2: Look at all the stealing going yeah, on. Yeah,
3: I know. Look
2: at all the you know the shoplifting and stop right? being persecuted it's, for large expenditures. No, no, but you know when there's no consequence, right? You know, yeah. Which gets back to what you were saying about capital punishment. Right. You know the fact that there's no capital punishment any longer for murder. But these people who are killing these people wow. don't have that kind of in front of them. They don't they don't even have to think about it.
0: Well if you think about this, in terms of biblical truth and God's principles, the just punishment for killing someone else is capital punishment. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, is it a deterrent to crime? Well the liberal will argue that it's not a deterrent to crime. But I, I kind of think that maybe that mindset is incorrect. I think it is in part a deterrent to Christ. Yes. But before God, in terms of this is a principle of God, capital punishment is just punishment. Yes, Old Testament, the New Testament doesn't really get directly at that issue. But nevertheless, the principles of God never change. Okay, nothing enough, enough about rabbit trail here. From uh,
1: one more thing on the rabbit trail, though, it's interesting that uh, whether it's murder or lying, very different in the natural law, but with God's law, you, you sin on any ground and you're separated right. from God for eternity. So, so they're, they're kind of the same when it comes to when God looks at it.
0: Well, the, the neat thing about that, Jimmy, is we see the contrast between the royal law, which makes you a transgressor and the law of liberty, which is in the last verse, which we'll come to in more detail. But the law of liberty, you know, Paul said, should I continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, meaning never let it be. So we're called to a different life, and that life is the Lord Jesus Christ within us, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to ultimately love one another as we love ourselves. All right. Remember, James is pretty practical. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: but he's, he, he's writing, we'll come to this at the end of today's lesson, but he's writing to the Jewish believer, now a Christian, no longer a Jew. But these people are tied up in the old ways, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They never quit, at least looking back to from whence they've come. And, you know, I think Paul also sends his reminders of what David said in the Psalms and what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes about sin. I'm going to, again, back to Romans 3.12. They've all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none that does good, no, not one. And both both Solomon and David are quoted in the Psalms and Ecclesiastes with that similar verse. So that's pulling Old Testament scripture into the New Testament. And Paul writes to the Roman church about this. All right. Go to verse 12 then. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Hmm, different law. So speak and so do are imperative verbs. That means, you know, this isn't some casual consideration. They're to speak as if they're being judged by the law of liberty.
1: So what's what's the law of liberty?
0: If
3: first we're not right, well, well, first of all, first of all, the 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 V is not there apparently because I it's italicized, so I'm assuming it's just. You so, mean by law of liberty? Well, the, the V there it says by V, the V is not there, so oh. it's just by law of liberty. So, so so in that case, usually you talk about law as a principle. So this is a principle of liberty. So that's that that's how I would start down this path and. I don't know whether you do that or not, but anyway.
0: That's well, I didn't uh, remove B because B. I didn't pick that up, that B yeah. wasn't there. But yeah. nevertheless, I think the interpretation would be the same. I, write. I think so, too. Yeah. All right. And, and as those who will be judged by the law of liberty, let's drill down on that. So the question I just asked, so what is this law of liberty, uh, and what kind of judgment is this? How are we being judged by
3: the law of liberty? What can we say is connected with grace? I'm I'm just uh, just throwing ideas out here. Well, we
0: we operate on a platform of grace, right? That's (laughs) that's how we walk, and that carries us as believers, being transformed Mm -hmm. and conformed to the image of society.
1: (laughs) Well, it has to do with mercy, right? Okay. That's sort of the following.
0: Okay, we're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. Mercy versus grace, these are different terms and have different meaning. So what kind of judgment do we get from when we violate God? Let's say you're not loving one another. I mean, that's the theme here. But ultimately, how are we judged? How do we judge when we fall short?
3: What if you get angry or get angry
0: appropriately? Or what if
3: you have bad thoughts? You're speaking or as a believer, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Right. But yeah. Well, that's how well, and Tom law of liberty. Right? I think actually somebody's talking about loss of fellowship. Is a, is a good. Place. Okay.
0: But then how 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 are we alerted to that? Well, through the Holy Spirit, wants yeah. <laughs> to
2: And usually, you know, wouldn't we recognize where what we've done or what we've said, and we Apologize, or yeah. we um ask forgiveness, or you know those kind of things. To, as Roger said, get back in fellowship because we need to recognize and acknowledge what what we've done.
0: I, I think we. I'm, I'm going to generalize this. I have no data to share with you, but I think we fail with one another in that. But I think we particularly fail with a world system. If in fact we operate in a world system, we go to work there, we go to play there, we go to do whatever we do in a world system. And when we ultimately violate that relationship as God sees us, we should be asking them for forgiveness too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real witness uh, as to who we are in Christ. So anyway, that's all right. So first, will be is a present active participle. So those who will be judged, okay, so that's occurring now. And ultimately to be judged is present passive. So judged by whom? I think we just kind of touched on that. <clears throat> Who judges us? Well, scriptural truth judges us. And what's scriptural truth? It's we're we're engaged in script, scriptural truth by the power and understanding of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's where the judgment comes into play. So um this law of liberty, why why are the verbs in the present tense? And I kind of just alluded to that. And I'm gonna disagree with Constable here a little bit, so we're gonna that's gonna follow. But why do you think this is present tense instead of say future? In other words, well, someday you're gonna be yeah. judged by this.
3: Well, isn't he talking about this is your lifestyle? I mean this is how you're to be if we're your life, as, as a believer, you should be Speaking and, and doing. Yeah. This uh, is, again,
0: James is a very practical guy here. He's, this is day in and day out activity as a believer in a world system. Connected to our walk. Present tense. Somebody. So we're being, uh, so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. It will seems like it's future, but it's present active. It's going to be happening now. So when we fall short of God's glory and offend, Ultimately, this law of liberty, we're convicted by the Spirit, but that happens now. All right. So, couple of verses here. James 1.25, we're going back to chapter 1 now. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Blessed now. Mm-hmm. Galatians 6, who bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now the law of Christ can be used interchangeably with the law of liberty. Christ hasn't given us a rule set to live by. This is a new life that's scripturally based and sound. Another verse, John eight thirty-six. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. What does that freedom mean for believers? And Christ is going to make us free. Jim, what the, what's that mean to you, See, Christ making you free? Uh, freedom to serve God or please God. Or? Okay, and, and keep thinking out loud. Right?
2: Freedom from the law. Okay, but freedom from <laughs> the
0: law. of sin and death.
2: Yeah. Condemnation of sin.
0: Okay, and somebody out loud. Jimmy, was that you or is that Roy? Uh, I, I said freedom from sin and death. There you go. How about the freedom to live a life free of sin?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, remember, mercy deals with the the penalty of sin, but grace deals with the power to to make sin, you know, what it is. It's historic before God in terms of our righteousness. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, the Son makes you free. He's made us free from the power of sin in addition to the Mosaic law of sin. And we'll be free indeed. I love that. You'll be free indeed. Mm-hmm. How many of us think day in and day out how free to free we are before the Lord to live a life yeah. that's glorified to him? Without that's, sin being the manifesting factor. Yeah. Well,
3: now, that's that, that's one ahead. reason to keep God's word before your eyes because you, you tend to forget. You tend to forget what you have and, yes, and our Savior. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Remember hey, made him who knew no sin to be made sin for each one of us. Yeah. That we might he made the righteousness of God in him. Roger. Go yeah,
3: the Lord has a comment.
0: Roy, go ahead.
1: Well, just a thought. Uh, Hungry heart today really summed up what we're free from. The power of sin, the old man, the world, the law, and the devil. I mean, wow.
0: The whole world system and everything beyond
1: it, right? Yeah. yeah. What a liberty.
0: Yeah. And, and the final verse I'll share here is, uh, Galatians 5, one. I love this one too. Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. That do not, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Isn't that what Christ promised when I, I'm going to make you free and you'll be free indeed? Mm-hmm. And Paul goes on to say, stand fair, fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free beautiful so this law of liberty has a whole different set of standards and it's all based on the cross, the crucifixion and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ alright, moving on Mm -hmm. I like that swivel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I entertain myself when I animate. <laughs> you,
0: you may not be entertained too, We can talk after class about that. Okay, Cosmo, I, I'm using him a lot today. Macaulay really didn't oh, add yeah. too much to this. I'm not being critical. No, I know,
3: and people. that's what you find. What's, what's neat is that, you know, I'm so thankful we have such great people to look at and you start looking at what a, one brother says and another yeah. brother says and you say, one will just really resonate with you and the other one will say, well, I don't know. And so thank you Lord that I and look at all these. It's, and what you find
0: typically—this wasn't this week so much—but what you find, I think, is the very controversial things. You can look at <laughs> multiple commentators, yeah. and they kind of disagree. Anyway, that makes <laughs> us think anyway, we we may have the mind of Christ, but it's not working completely, That's is it? All right, Constable. Another quote from him: We need to speak and act accordingly, namely, without prejudice towards others. Remember this theme here: partiality and not loving others as yourself. Since he is speaking to believers, the judgment to which I think yeah the judgment to which he refers must be the judgment of believers at the judgment seat of Christ. And I disagree. Yeah. I think this yeah. is the judgment we get in the condition that we're in right, right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing future tense about any of these verbs here. Yeah. The and, present active participles or present passive, they're now.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that's, I'm not being critical of Constable, but no. I just think that's an example of, of maybe trying to rightly divide the word of truth.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and don't forget, it's not the judgment seat of Christ. That's the Bema, That's the reward ceremony. So you have to, you have to as we taught back and we taught those verses, it's, it's a reward ceremony. So Thanks. rewards are in view, not judgment.
0: That's right, and and along along that line, I think ultimately, um, at that judgment seat, you're right. There's not going to be any of our shortcomings going to be brought up there. You know, where Bonnie's brought glory to the Lord, and where Jim's brought glory to the Lord, and Wayne, ultimately, that's going to be rewarded there. But I don't see anything here about eternal rewards based on our condition and how we're carrying ourselves.
2: Don't you think it has more to do with... um non believers looking at believers and and appreciating and wondering why they have a different view of, you know, um or maybe because they do apologize for their mm-hmm. I think we want we want to be different in the world than just everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it too. The Lord wants us to be a witness and to be different. Mm -hmm. And and think think about why
0: the world system looks at the church as a bunch of hypocrites. Mm -hmm. And I think that in part relates to wrong teaching. But I think it also relates to wrong behavior of the way the world system looks at the Mm believer. And, you know, increasingly politically, this right-wing Christian viewer (laughs) of politics is really being criticized left and right. I mean, but remember... Our citizenship is in heaven. It's not here. So don't get too wrapped up in all this. <laughs> we're, we're really performers in, in our heavenly clothing as he looks down at how he's, he's to glor- being glorified through our lives. All right. Jameson Fawcett and Brown is one of my favorite commentators. We, I don't quote them very often, but I thought this was good. If we will not in turn practice the law of love to our neighbor, and that law of grace condemns us still more heavily than the old law. Let's come back to that, which spake nothing but wrath to him who offended in the least, in the least particular. And quotes James two thirteen, which is the verse that we're coming into. So, um, what, do you, what do you think of that? That the law of grace condemns is that that condemnation is still more heavy than the old law. Why, why would Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown state that, that way? And do you agree? And so, it gets into, I think, a theme that, that is worth thinking about here a little bit. Let me uh, preface that by this. But on many occasions, David did turn to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, didn't he? And just uh, an example of that is in Psalm 133 and 4. And by the way, this is one of multiple examples of the Psalms. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who can stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Okay, so that brings up this concept of the law, the royal law, the Mosaic law or law system versus this law of liberty, or, or the law of Christ, is not this atonement versus propitiation. And that's where I think J- Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown are coming from. At- what, what was the process of atonement, which is really really Old Testament forgiveness that David was asking for or counting on? It was covering over the president. And remember in says, the sacrifice of bulls and goats can never take away sin, right. so this was covering sin by the sacrifice of the high priest once a year for the entire nation of Israel but what's propitiation? propitiation is appeasement. God is now satisfied, so that's I think where Jameson, Fawcett and Brown are coming from. But when we fall short of God's glory under sure the penalty is is may, may not be worse, but ultimately because of Christ and everything he's accomplished, we've, you know, been disobedient to that appeasement that he's done on our behalf. I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Leviticus nineteen twenty two, the priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering before the Lord. For his sin which he has committed and what, and the sin which he has committed shall be forgiven him. Okay, so this, is that true forgiveness in terms of the cross? Well, if you look forward, but it's not at the time the sacrifice was made. Romans 3.25, which we're studying, uh, up front, whom God set forth, meaning Christ, as a propitiation by his blood through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. And that we all love 1 John 2, two, And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the entire world. Isn't that a tremendous verse? So all those unbelievers out there, their sins have been forgiven, too. I mean, that, that appeasement is a permanent thing. It's done once. And the thing we have to remind ourselves of, personally and to one another, is when we fall short of God's glory, he's not going to get back on the cross again. So I think what they're pointing to, the law of grace condemns us still more heavily than the old law, relates to the fact that nobody could keep the old law. But now we have someone who in fact has not only kept the law, but paid the price for it eternally, if you will, a peace. Any other thoughts about it? Now, keep in mind, the Old Testament, they're asking for forgiveness. (laughs) But is that the same forgiveness that we have today as believers?
1: Hey, Bob? Yes, Roy. Go ahead. Just thinking about the five things that I mentioned there earlier from the uh, Hungry Heart, uh, the one thing that is not stated in those fives is the very thing you just touched on, that God is satisfied with Christ's gift of his life, In our place. So the penalty for sin has been paid in full. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that great? Mm. Amen. I think it's interesting that God had passed over the sins of the people in the Old Testament. It's like he (laughs) didn't forgive them, but he just, he's just, you know, letting it go for now. But I think there's evidence that that was
0: an act of asking God's forgiveness. Uh, But it was just covering it up, because God had a plan. (laughs) The eternal covenant had yet to be fulfilled, right? Alright, we need to keep moving here now. Uh, Verse 13, the last verse of this section, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, and mercy triumphs over judgment. This is a very interesting verse. (laughs) Alright, so ultimately For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. I'm just re-quoting that verse. Whose mercy is being addressed here? God's mercy.
1: Okay. Other thoughts here? When you say triumphs over judgment, when God does not treat us the way we deserve, I think is what you're heading towards. Is that right, Bob?
0: Well, I'm going to go on and ask a second question. Does this relate to eternal rewards or our walk here? And I think it comes back yeah. to what we right. mentioned before. Um Constable, you've heard of him. Uh, uh, about two, two segments of what he says. For Christians, it is sometimes harder to be impartial towards sinners who flaunt their sin than it is those who acknowledge that they have sinned. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. However, because Christ died for all, we should reach out, <coughs> excuse me, to all as he did rather than being unfriendly and clickish. This is true whether the sinners are homosexuals, AIDS patients, the murders of unborn children, in other words, abortion, liars, adulterers, thieves, or gossips. Now, is, is that God's mercy? Yeah, I think it is. But Jim, I think you're right. This is God's mercy. So mercy triumphs over judgment. And that, if, if in fact mercy didn't triumph over judgment, what would the judgment be? Yeah, yeah, it's death, right? You death in terms know. of the works of the believer that fall short, or death in terms of physical death and those who do not have salvation.
1: Hey Bob, how about turning that around? His mercy on us is based on his judgment of Christ on the cross. Right. Yes. Okay, okay. That's, good. Good, that's, that's good. Good right That's good. That's
3: well. That, that, that's the reason he can be merciful. Actually, we're going to see that. We're going to see that in the main service here. That's a, the that's a reason he can be merciful, because he well, judged Christ.
0: We're yeah. going to cl- close with that here, too, in a few minutes. Constable, again, says this. This section of verses may raise a question in some minds concerning how James viewed the Christian's relationship to the Mosaic Law. Was he implying that we are responsible to keep the whole Mosaic Code? His own words at the Jerusalem Council showed that this was not his view, and you can go back and look at the Acts section, and I agree with Constable that this clearly demonstrates that he, he was not intending the new church to live under the Mosaic Laws. And I skipped part of the paragraph as long. Christians live under a new set of rules, the Law of Liberty. Israelites live under a different set of rules, the Law of Moses. The fact that the Golden Rule was part of the Mosaic Law as well as the law of Christ, does not mean that we're still under the Mosaic law. So, again, principles of God never change. And remember, the Mosaic law was perfectly righteous, and God intended it to never be anything short than perfectly righteous. So then, I think we think that since mercy triumphs, or by the way, (coughs) excuse me again, mercy triumphs, another way to interpret that, it rejoices over judgment. That's great. Isn't that a neat way? It's not only triumphing over judgment,
3: but it's rejoicing over judgment. Bob, actually, even stronger, you could say boast. Boast. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing. God's mercy is beyond our, you know, because of Christ. So, how should we reflect on this? Well, doesn't the
0: mercy of God in Christ towards us lead us to show mercy towards our fellow men, making mercy triumph over judgment, which we all deserve. Yeah, it does. I think that affects our behavior and the way we look at others, too. And that's what Constable said in that previous section about, you know, whoremongers or, you know, abortionists and all the other kind of things that go contrary to the principle of God in addition to mosaic law violation. And I think it really does. And there are a couple of verses that came to mind here. Matthew 5 said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Yes, Sermon on the Mount, and I know all that. But nevertheless, (laughs) that is a principle of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That's kind of legal in its own sense, and will be lived out in the Jewish nation during the millennium. But nevertheless, I think that relates to us. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So in a sense... Mercy trumps judgment. 9.13, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous but sinners. And the final verse here, Ephesians two four and 5. Excuse me. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. Hmm. So that brings in this principle of grace. And re- remember, God is not only merciful, but filled with grace and with truth. And I pulled this off the web, but it's just kind of nice. <laughs> so grace emphasizes the giving of what we uh, do not deserve, whereas mercy uh, emphasizes the withholding of what we justly deserve. So it's, it's nicely phrased there, I think, in terms of the difference between mercy and grace. And I think the verses in Ephesians really distinguish the two very nicely too. Okay,
1: we're gonna uh, stop there. Uh, uh, yeah, Wayne? We, we, we separate grace and mercy for the, uh, so we know which, which, is what, I think they're all grace because God isn't constrained to do any of that. I mean, He doesn't have to provide mercy. So it um, is all, all.
0: <laughs> it's considered grace, doesn't it? Isn't it? Well, it ultimately could be interpreted that way, yes. But m- mercy, I think, is the fact that we should be justly punished for all of our, yeah. our sins. But yeah. for the fact that he doesn't. But, but grace gives us a life, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure it does. gives us a position, and through that position we have a life to live that glorifies God. That didn't occur under the Mosaic Law. And if you look back at the Old Testament, I'm doing Daniel now in the McGee thing. And so it's amazing how people like Daniel and Joseph and David and others just stand out in terms of being godly men. Mm -hmm. But yet we know that we didn't learn anything about Daniel and Joseph in terms of their shortcomings, but I'm sure they had them. (laughs) (laughs) Any other closing thoughts here this morning? All right. Wayne, would you
1: close us in prayer, please? Father, thank you for this time together and the fact that we can still meet and, and uh, learn more of your grace and, and mercy to us. And we just thank you for this
2: hour uh, coming and, and uh, we pray this in Jesus. Amen.